Lois insisted that at her memorial service the gospel be shared. The gospel is summarized on the page. It's just opposite Amazing Grace in your program. It's the good news that Jesus of Nazareth is God become human. And he alone can offer forgiveness of sins, forgiveness of our guilt for our rebellion before God. And he can offer eternal life with God to all who commit their lives to him. Jesus lived sinlessly like not one of us has lived. And then he died as the substitute punishment for all the rest of us. After dying, he rose again to prove that his payment for sin was totally sufficient. Nothing else had to be paid. It was done. And it guarantees that God can forgive all who approach him through Jesus of their sin and of their attempts at righteousness. Jesus is the crucified, risen king. And he can forgive of sin and beat death for anyone who commits their life to him, anyone who's in him. That's the gospel. It's simple to say. It's completely life-changing to embrace. And for those who have embraced it, the passage that I now read, 2 Corinthians 4, 16-18, it's printed in your program. The passage that I read describes the life focus for all whose lives have been changed by the gospel, all who've come to God through Jesus. This is a passage that Lois treasured. In fact, Ron told me on Tuesday of this week that it's the last passage he heard her recite from memory. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Paul writes these words about 25 years after Jesus died and rose again. He's writing them to a church in the Greco-Roman city of Corinth. This church suffering inside and out. And that advice that Paul gives to these suffering Christians, if you read it, particularly if you're suffering, it could seem almost ludicrous. Suffering people, focus on what you can't see. Especially when you're hurting, you might be cynical in response. Thanks, Paul. Look at what I can't see. Great advice. How helpful you are. Look at what I can't see. But it's exactly what we need. When Paul says, look at the unseen... He means, when you're in pain, spend a lot of time giving deep consideration to what you believe, to what you are convinced is true. One of the titles for Christians is 
believers. We are those who walk by faith, not by sight. Faith, if you want to define it, is being convinced of things we can't see, Hebrews 11 says. We are believers. We walk by our convictions, not by what we can see. And Paul urges us to focus on what we believe. And he helps us focus on them by making three comparisons, contrasts. The first, he says, you should compare what's seen with what's unseen. Christians, do you realize that we pretty much can't see everything we confess to believe? Now, just to be clear, I am not here saying that our faith is ludicrous or unfounded. I'm simply acknowledging that to most people, we look like idiots. We confess to believe in a God we can't explain, in a Savior we've never seen, in miracles we've not seen replicated, a salvation from sin that by looking at us, by looking at me, is very far from complete and convincing. And we say that we believe in a utopian future that we've only read about. What do we need when times get tough? Paul says we need stronger faith. We need to focus on what we can't see. Right now, we can't see the Savior whom we deeply love. But according to the scriptures, we will one day see him face to face. That's what we need to focus on. Right now, we appear to be weak and struggling and unhealthy and dying. Yet, the Bible says, what we will be has not yet appeared. We know that when Jesus appears, we will be like him. We will see him just as he is. We can't see it yet, but we must focus on it. Soon, both our body and spirit will be made perfectly like Christ's own resurrection body and perfectly sinless spirit. And that's what we must focus on. The things we can't see, we must see. The second comparison is you should compare what's decaying with what's being renewed. You see that comparison? Our outer self is wasting away while our inner self is being renewed day by day. When Paul contrasts our outer and inner natures, he's not contrasting body with spirit as much as he's contrasting the old person with the new person. Here's what's true of every Christian. If you have committed your life to Jesus, part of you is dying. It's the old you. And part of you will never die. It's the new you. The part that has just begun to live because you are now united with Jesus. Paul says, that the trials that we go through can't touch who we are in Jesus. We belong to Jesus. There is part of us that's wasting away. There is part of us that will go on, experience life with God, and in fact, 
our entire person one day at the return of Jesus will be renewed. Paul says, focus on that part of you that will be renewed, that is being renewed. For Christians, in fact, God uses our trials to increase every day the vitality and the vibrancy of our hope. The third comparison he urges us to make is compare what's light and temporary with what is heavy and eternal. When we're experiencing pain, what we feel seems heavy. Let me put it in the words of this passage. What we can see feels very heavy. And what we can't see often feels irrelevant. Paul says that we need to focus on what's unseen really until that feeling changes. Until what we're experiencing, until the things we can see seem, by comparison, light and momentary. Because what he's spoken in his word is so heavy and eternal. He wants us to focus on it and keep seeing it, keep looking at it, until the two, according to this passage, aren't worth comparing. Until it's like you're comparing a five-year-old's piggy bank with a bunch of pennies and some plastic coins in it to the nine million pounds of gold at Fort Knox. They're not worth comparing. What we can't see, Christians, is heavy and eternal. And by comparison, what we can see is light and temporary. We need to focus on what's unseen until we can stay with Esther Ruthoy. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face, all sorrow will erase. You've got to have a sense of the weight of what's unseen. I wrap up here. Over the past few years, Lois has said quite frequently, especially to her family, remember it's all temporary. I know where I'll be forever, so don't worry about me. And as I said... A few minutes ago, one of Lois's heaviest burdens was that God would use the day of her illness, the few days of her illness, even the day of her memorial service, to draw more of her family and friends, those whom she dearly loved, to personally embrace the gospel so they'd share in her eternal joy, life in a resurrected body on a remade planet under Jesus, the King of Kings. This was her longing. This was her hope. So I speak very directly to you in this congregation who've gathered to remember Lois. I give you a few words of pastoral counsel in view of the temporariness of every one of our lives. If you have not personally submitted your life to Jesus, I would counsel you not to focus on the realities of the future that you can't see. Because life right now for you is as good as it's going to get. 
your future is grim apart from Jesus. You need to submit to Jesus. It's the only way that you can stand judgment before God. Jesus is the only way to be reconciled to God. Do not think that your good works will outweigh your bad. It doesn't work like that. You and I were made to love God and love others. And yet the natural bent of our lives from the time we're born is to like God and like others really only as much as they serve you. We're selfish by nature. And if you've not fled to Jesus for forgiveness because you've not walked according to your design, lived in keeping with the design with which God made you, then your life with its trials right now is as good as it's going to get. Don't focus on what's unseen. Focus on what's seen. It's as good as it'll get. Christian, I urge you to focus on what you can't see. You're going to experience immediate welcome into the presence of the Lord if you die before his return. You will most certainly experience a resurrection, a new undying body, a perfect home, trials all past, forever life in Jesus' presence, in the light of his face, and life committed to Jesus with all of its afflictions now, will have been worth it all. Daily renewal, Christian, comes from deep consideration of the unseen eternal realities that await you. All because of Jesus. All because of the gospel. All because God loves you and gave his one and only son for you. So if you're not a follower of Jesus, I urge you, more than simply, don't look at the future. Why don't you submit to Jesus right now? Admit your rebellion. Admit that your righteousness can't get you anywhere with God. And entrust your life to the king who was crucified, raised for you. And if you are a Christian, particularly if you're grieving today, then I urge you to focus on the unseen realities. That, for Lois, have become sight.